Megillah Dafed, the last thing we're discussing, the reason we don't read Megillah on Shabbat, the famous Rabbah, because you might come to carry the Megillah to, to someone to teach you how to read the Megillah, and you're going to walk for Amot, Beshut Rabim, with that Megillah in your hand, and be all very on Shabbat. And Rav Yosef explained, because poor people are expecting the Matanot of Yonim, whenever they see the Mikra Megillah, and if it's Shabbat, they're, not, they're going to feel like they're not going to get it. Therefore, whatever day you, you read the Megillah, that's the day you have to give Matanot uh, Yonim, but the party aspect, it could happen on the actual Purim day. So the villagers would have to do it when on Yudalid. And, and we said there was a mahluket, a hypothetical one, if it happens on Shabbat. And with that, we're starting Hamud Aleph, the first line in, at the end of the line, where it says, Amarav, Megillah Bizmana, Korin Otafil Bayahid. If you're reading the Megillah on the 14th of Adah, which is the usual time, you could even read it by yourself. Because uh, everyone's reading it, and uh, that's uh, the, the miracles being publicized that way. However, Shalobizmana, when let's say a villager has to read a couple of days early, Ba'asarav has to be 10 people because it has to be Pursumanes. You have to publicize that miracle, and the only way you do it is with 10. However, whether it's the right time or not, Ba'asarav, you always have to read it with 10. And as she said, that's only the Chathilav, if you can't find 10, read it anyways. And a lot of the Rishonim argue, and for example, the Rif and the Ramban, they'll tell you that, if, no, according to Rav Aseh, there should not be a private uh, Megillah reading. And Hava Ubda, there was a story, Vihash le Rav lehad Rav Aseh, that Rav was worried about what Rav Aseh, and he made sure that there was 10 people to read the Megillah even at the right time. The Gemara asks, "Umi Amar Avachi, did Rav really say this? Ve'Amar Yehuda Bered, did Rav Shmuel Bashelat Mishemed Rav? Purim Shechal Liot BeShabbat. Purim Zan Shabbat. Erev Shabbat Zmanam. Friday becomes the time. Wait a second. Erev Shabbat Zmanam. What are you talking about? Uh, Friday is the time. Ve'Hashabbat Zmanam. You dalit Zan Shabbat. Ela Lav Hachi Kama. Isn't this what he's trying to say that Shelob Bizmanam?" Kizmanam, that the Friday now becomes like the right time. Mazmanam, I feel bayahid, and the same way on the 14th, you read bayahid, meaning that Rava holds you don't need 10 people when reading the Megillah at the right time. The Gemara says, No, no, that's not what we're talking about. When reading the Megillah, Ba'asara, Rav held you need 10. Elamai, Erev Shabbat Zmanam. So, what does that mean? Erev Shabbat is the time. No, La Pukemi, the Rabbi Meir, arguing on Rabbi Meir, the Hamar, who says that once we're pushing, we'll push them all the way back to Thursday and not Friday. Hakamashmala. And we're coming to see from Rav that Erev Shabbat Zmanam, that the, the, the new time or the correct time is Friday, not Thursday. Next Mishnah. What's considered a big city that reads only on the 14th? It has to have six guys sitting down and learning Torah. That they're, they're doing batel from any other work. Less than that. That's already considered a kfar. The Ritva explains because if there's 10 people in Shul all the time, that means you're getting a minyan every single day and everyone gets together every single day since there's a minyan. But if it's a place where there's no 10 people, then you're not guaranteed a minyan. Therefore, it's just a village, even though it could be huge. And Be'elu in these cities, Amru Maktimin that they read it early, not later. The time where the people donate the the wood to the Beit HaMikdash, there was uh, nine times a year, or if it happens to Tisha B'Av, 
or a Hagiga, if the Shabbat happens to be on the holiday, then you have, you could give your Korban Hagiga later, not on Shabbat, Vehakhel, or when everyone gathers together to hear the king read the Sefer Devarim, which comes out usually in Motseyom Tov Rishon of Sukkot, right after Shemitah year. And all these things, we push them off a day and not a soft Shabbat happens on Shabbat, we push it off the Sunday. Same idea with all these. Even though we say Megillah is read before, not after. They're reading the Megillah, which happens to be on the 11th, 12th, or 13th. They're allowed to fast, they're allowed to eulogize, and Matanotalevionim have to be given on that day. And Amara Biuda, Ematai, when do the villagers go early? When the villagers come in on Monday and Thursday. If they're not coming in on Mondays and Thursdays, they could only read it on the right time and no other time. And the Gemara starts, what's this Batlanim? These are 10 people in Shul who don't do anything except to learn in Shul all day. And this way guarantees a minyan every single day. And the Mishnah says, Be'elu amru makdimin velo ma'harin. And the Gemara explains, My tama, what's the reason we don't push off Mikra Megillah the, the next day? Amar bi'aba, amar shemuel, amar kerav, velo ya'abor. Whatever the day is, is the day, and it doesn't pass. So if it's Yudalit, Edvav, and that's it. Ve'amar bi'aba, amar shemuel, once we're on bi'aba, amar shemuel, if a person, let's say, made a vow, he's not going to eat uh, apples for a year. The year means the lunar calendar, the Jewish calendar, 354 days, not 365 days, the solar year. So how do we, so the Gemara asks, how do we know that you don't count days in order to make a year? To the months of the year, you count 12 months, and you don't count days to make up a year. So the day, the year is 354 days, not 365 days. Or better yet, 12 months of 29 and a half days. And the rabbis of Kesari, they also said, when we're counting a month, we don't count hours, we count days. You, uh, you count days in order to make a month. You don't count hours to make a month. We don't say that it's 29 days, 12 hours, 793 parts of it. We don't do that. It's, it's, we'll say 29 days, 30 days, that's it. Now the Mishnah said, the time where they donate the word for the Beit HaMikdash, Shabbat, Haiga, HaKel, if they fall upon Shabbat, you push it off the Sunday, not Friday. Tisha'a'av, because Akdume Puranut, Lomikadme. Tisha'a'av, because very simple, bad things, we don't make it come early, we push, try to push it off as much as possible. Hagiga, Vehakel, those two things, Mishum Dakate, Lomataz, Zeman, Hiyuvayo, because the Hiyuv didn't come yet. So therefore, you can't do it early. And if you did it early, it wouldn't count. And Tana, we learned in the Brayta, Hagiga, Vechol Zman Hagiga, and all the time of Hagiga, Meaharin, you push off. So, Bishlama Hagiga, I understand what it means. What do you mean by pushing it off? Dimikabe Shabbata, if the holiday comes out on Shabbat, Meaharin, Lelebata Shabbata, you push it off a day, Sunday. Elazman Hagiga Mahi, what's this, the time of Hagiga? So, Amar Vashaya, Hachika, this is what they mean. Hagiga, Beshabbat, 
If Hayah happens on Shabbat, you push it off. Now, there's one more thing that you push off, which is Ve'olat Re'iyah. There, it says, and you have to show up, and you when you come to the Beit Hamikdash, you don't come empty-handed. You can bring something, so you bring an olat Even yom tov, which you, uh, with, let's say, falls out on a weekday where you could bring korban chagiga, still the olah is You push it off to put the hola moed. Mani, so who's the Tanah who holds that olat gets pushed off the hola moed? You can bring shalamim on Yom Tov because whatever is left of it, the human eat. Then you cannot lean on them to do that semicha uh, because you're not allowed to use an animal on Shabbat Yom Tov. But you cannot bring olot because because you can only bring things that you could eat. And over here by the olah, it's all going to Hashem. You can bring shalamim, olot, and only that you can even do the leaning thing. So that was Rav Asher's explanation to Zman Hagiga, which is Ola. So now Rabba Amar, he explains it differently. Hagiga, kol Zman Hagiga me'aharin. Korban Hagiga, you could push it off and do it as late as you want, as long as there's still holiday. That means the seven days after the first day of the holiday, then you're allowed to push it off. Tefeh, lo, more than that, meaning after Yom, the last Yom Tov, you're not allowed to bring it. A person didn't bring a korban the first day of Sukkot. Hogeg veholech et kol aregel kulo. He could give his korban hagad the entire holiday. Veyom tov aharon shalhagin, including the shmini atzeret, which is the last yom tov of the holiday. Avar aregel velohagin. If that holiday passed and you still didn't give korban hagad, eno hayav v'hayuto. You don't have to give another korban. There's no makeup. So that's what he means by kol zman hagiga. Now Rav Asheamar hagiga vechol zman. It's coming to add the which is Shavuot. Even Shavuot, which is one day, if it happens on Shavuot, you push it off. And even Shavuot happens on Shabbat, the day you give all the extra korbanot is Sunday, not on Shabbat. Okay, now Amar Bil Azamar Bihanina Rebina Taniti Abe Purim. Rebi planted a tree on Purim. There are hats bikrona shotsipori and he washed himself, he took a bath in one of the public places in Sipori, Beshiva Sabitamuz on the seventeenth of Tamuz. Ubikeshla Akor Tishabeav and he wanted to uproot Tishabeav. And what exactly that means, Toshfot says either he wanted to make it a alot to sunset sort of fast, like Yudzayin Betamuz, or that he wanted to push it from the Shabbat to Asara Be'av, because that's the real time it was really caught on fire and burnt. Velo Hadulon Hachem didn't agree about the Shabbat. And Amar Lefanav, Rabbi Ababa Zavda, Rabbi Ababa said to Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi, Lokachaya Maaseh. That really wasn't the story. The story was that it was Tishabah that happened on Shabbat. And we push it off to Sunday. Once we were already pushing it, the pushed it off completely. didn't agree said to him, Two are better than one. Meaning, Baruch Hashem, you're here. Uh, this way, you taught me, and this way, I got it right. 
Now the Gemara asks, How did Rabbi plant on Purim? Rabbi Yosef said that Purim has to be Simcha or Mishte, Vyom Tov. What's Simcha? No eulogies on Purim, Mishte. The person has to eat, there's no fasting. Vyom Tov, Asiyat, Melacha. That a person is not allowed to do uh, work any Melacha on Purim. So, how could you do such a thing? Rabbi was a a person who belonged in a big city, he planted he planted on the 15th on Shushan Purim. So says, was surrounded by a wolf in the time of Yeshua Binun. Rather, rather, maybe it was different. It was uh, the 15th, he was uh, belongs in Tevariya, which is the 15th, and he planted on the 14th. The Quran says, Umi pshita le de tevariya mukefet homami mot yoshua binun. Wait a second. Did Rabbi really hold? Was it so pashut to him that the tevariya had a wall around it from the time of Yeshua? Vahiskiya, which was way after Rabbi, karebe tevariya bar besar bahamesar. He read on both days. Why? Because misapeke elai, im mukefet homami mot yoshua binun. He ilo. Because he wasn't sure. So if it was pashut to Rabbi, why was hiskiya in, uh, in safek? So the Gemara explains that Hiskia misapekale le Rabbi pshita le Hiskia wasn't sure Rabbi it was pashut that it was uh, surrounded by a wolf in the times of Yeshua Binun. So the Gemara says vechipshita le. Okay, so even if it was pashut and uh, he was uh, he was uh, planting on the the fourteenth mishare, is he allowed to do melacha on the fourteenth? Ba'aketivim gilatanit. It says in Megilatanit that we discussed was that uh, side Megillah where they wrote uh, all the days that are simhani uh, nalad eulogize. Et yom ba'asar, et yom hamisha asar, yome puraya inun. The fourteenth and fifteenth are both purim days. The lo nimispad beon that you know that have eulogy on those days. Ve'amar ba'al on itzrecha ela le'esoret shel zeh bezeh ve'shel zeh bezeh. The only reason it had to say it over there, I mean, it says in the Megillah. The reason Megillah Tanit had to say it was to tell you that the people of the fourteenth are on the fifteenth. The people on the fifteenth are on the fourteenth. So then, what's going on here? How did Rabbi do Melacha on the 14th if he's a 15th person? So like my answer is, Hanemi ta'anit. No, what they were all said was, Hespet, Ta'anit, you know, eulogies, no fasting. It was only a surah for one day, not more. Kermas says, Is that true? Rav saw this person who was... Uh, planting uh, linen on Purim, and he cursed him, and his uh, linen didn't grow, meaning it's a bad thing. No, that person was planting on the day that he had Purim. Now, going back to the question of how did Rabbi plant on Purim, he explains, you can even say he planted that day. People only accepted not to eulogize and fast on Purim. However, not to do work, they didn't accept upon themselves. What does it say in the Megillah? In the beginning, it says, It was Yom Tov, like any other Yom Tov, Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuot. Well, basof, and at the end, when they accepted it fully, ketiv lasot otam yemei mishte v'simcha v'ilu yom tov lo ketiv. It doesn't say yom tov, meaning we're not going to eulogize, we're not going to fast, but we're, we're going to be able to go to work. So the Gemara says ve'el arav my tamal at yada hugavah. So he was allowed to work. Why that? Why did Rav curse that guy who was planting linen on on Purim? What did he do wrong? 
It was something that's mutar, but other people in your area are mahmir on, and there's a halakha that you can't be matir in front of these people. And in the place of Rabbi, they weren't no heg not to plant, and that's why he planted. Or you could say the olam nahug. That in the place of Rabbi there were no hegna to do melacha. He planted something of happiness. Like we learned, Avru Elu. This is a Gemara Taanit. That if the, the if it's not raining and they fast a series of three fasts and another three fasts and another seven, if the thirteen fast finished Velona Anu and there was no rain. They do less business, less building, and less planting, engagements, weddings. That we're talking about the building is what kind of planting? What's building of happiness? A person's building a house for his son, he's getting married, and in the house they make a hupa. What's considered planting for Simcha? That's uh, planting one of those trees with a nice shade that the kings eat under it. And since it's Simcha, we don't do it. So now, so that's what we're talking about, uh, planting of Simcha. And that's why he did it. It wasn't uh, planting for work. So now the Gemara wants to go back to what Hiskiyah uh, did, that he read in Tebariah on Yudal and Tetvav. He wasn't sure. And now the Gemara wants to discuss this. So the Gufa, let's go back to something we learned. Hizkiyah, Karebe Tevariah, Barbesar, Bahamesar. Hizkiyah read on the 14th and 15th in Tevariah. Mesapekale imekefot huma mimot Yoshua binunhi ila. He was in Safek. Was it surrounded by a wolf in the times of Yoshua binun or not? So the Gemara says, Umi mesapekale miltad Tevariah. Is Tevariah in itself a Safek bichlal? Who said you're not sure of Haketiv? It says in Yahshua, when we're talking about the Nahalad inheritance area of Naftali, these are the walled cities in that area. And we know already, this is a tradition that we have, that Rakat Zot and it has a walled city already from Yahshua bin Nun's time. So the Gemara says, no, this was Hiskiyah's Safek. One side of Tebariah is a body of water, which is the Kineret. And that's why he wasn't sure. Is that considered a world or not? What's the Then you could say it's not a Choma, it's not a wall. The Pasuk says it has to have a wall. We're talking about Bate'are Choma, the houses that were inside the walled city. It says it has to have a wall. Velo Shur Igar. It can't be, the wall can't be a row of houses together. And it says Sabib has to be around. And we, this is the Rasha, Prat le We're excluding Tebariah, Sheyama Homata, that on one side, the water is the wall. So you see, it's not considered a wall city. So Gemara explains, when it comes to Bate'are Homas, buying and selling a house and buying it back within a year, when it comes to Batear Homa, everyone agrees that Tebariah is not a walled city. The problem is when it comes to Mikra Megila. The idea is as follows. It says, My Perazim, Umay Mukafin, what's open cities, what's walled cities, Dechtivegabe Mikra Megila, that was written about Mikra Megila. Mishum Dehane Miglu, Vehane Lo Miglu. Is the reason because 
that in the open cities are revealed. They're open, everyone can see through them. And these cities that have a wall are not revealed. No one can see through them. And Tibariah is open from one city and people can see it, uh, can see through. And that's why it's not considered a walled city. Or Dilma, or maybe. What's the idea of a walled city? The walls protect the city, so the city is protected, and the open city is not protected. is protected because that water is like sort of a protection. No one can just come in. And that's why he's not sure. Meaning, is the idea of a wall so people don't see inside, or is the idea of a wall to protect from uh, enemies? So, uh, so the, that, that was the idea of Hiskan. Since he wasn't sure, he read on both days. Rabaseh read in Hutzal on the 14th and 15th. He wasn't sure if it was walled from the time of Yeshua or not. Some say that Ravasi said, Hi Hutzal de Bet Binyamin, Hutzal Binyamin, Mukefet Homa Mimot Yoshua. It's already it's walled from the time of Yeshua, and therefore you read on the 15th. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem, the Allah, Amen, Amen.